Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This episode is brought to you by Undeniably Dairy. Dairy farmers are more than farmers. They're climate caretakers. They see water as a precious resource. Most farmers recycle water up to four times, from chilling the milk to irrigating the crops. And some even use technology to turn manure into renewable energy. To learn more about what dairy farmers are doing to make their farms more sustainable, visit usdairy.com. Coming up on TMS, read by a freaking laser. Claire Island, naked yelling, mandatory. A ride with Brian's pianist. Pits and bumps and pits and bumps. Read it from the other side. Cersei helpy guy. <laughs> they all live in a hole. Where's the accent come from? What's the day before the fourth? Infinity War versus Endgame. Shut up so I can eat. Sometimes books and TV shows are different. Deal with it. The mediocre Miss Maisel. TikTok in the shower with your therapist. All accents should be the same. Reclaim the clay with Amy. Final destinations with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Mommy, will you read to me? Not now, Junior. Can't you see? Don't have time. I'm cleaning floors. Won't you please go play outdoors? No knobs or gadgets in sight. The Morning Stream. Don't eat that. It's Pluto. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to TMS. It's The Morning Stream for June 29th, 2023. I'm Scott Johnson. That's Brian Ibbett. Hi, Brian. Well, hi. Hi there, hi. Scott. Hi. hi. Hello. Hi. How was your day? How, how's Hello. things? How's stuff where you are? Uh, You know, good. Good. Yeah. Hanging in there. Yeah. Did a little lifting yesterday. No no um, real exciting people in the lift. Oh. Had a great conversation with, um, well, there's a, uh, a pianist who works at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. He, mm-hmm. Like, basically, they have this lobby area, this atrium. And uh, there's just someone always in there playing beautiful classical music. And I drove that guy uh, to work, and we talked music the entire time. He was super nice. Wow. No, no weird, no weird uh, drives. Yeah, it seems no like a rides. nice. Seems like a nice yeah. uh, drive, like a uh, an enlightening pleasant. one. Yeah, Quite pleasant. pleasant. Yes. That's nice. Did you have to play? Did he demand you play uh, classical music in the car or anything no, like that? No. No. All right. <laughs> well, no, I've been getting into uh, um, Arlo Parks lately. A uh, a singer named Arlo Parks that has this kind of uh, um really light, airy voice over kind of a dream pop 
kind of arrangement and it works really well for lift non non intrusive non like you can have it on kind of light and it's like oh there's just some nice music playing kind of thing mm. and uh yeah this really guy's digging, really cool. digging arlo parks he's uh his real name is impossible to pronounce uh okay and not here i'll i'll put this in discord and you tell me how you'd say it because i don't want to get this wrong there you go i Look think this i think arlo parks is a she <laughs> oh, is it a she? Yeah. Oh, oh this photo yeah. is very uh, dis- disarming. Uh, it didn't, gotcha. didn't look like a dude to me. Uh, Anai Oluwotain Estelle Maniho. Marinho. Pretty good. I don't know. I know the first one is Anai because Anai Nin. Oh, there it is. Her debut album, Collapsed in Sunbeams. Oh, I, I'd like to check this out. This sounds uh, like a nice new artist to check out here. Yeah. Yeah. Arlo Parks. Right. Uh, she, she was nominated for the uh, Brit Award for Best New Artist. Um, she's great. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll check her out. Yeah, uh, that is a hell of a that is a hell of a name. Yeah, that's I would no, change no it. guess no guess on names two and four, but one and three I feel pretty confident about. Yeah, I would. I think Arlo Parks is the way to go. I think, <laughs> I think Arlo Parks is great. That's a good. That's a good choice. I have no idea, by the way, how she settled on Arlo Parks. I don't either. By the way, I don't either. There's probably some Wikipedia or something, but we're lazy and we're not looking it up. All right, everybody. Nope. Nope. Nope, somebody else can look that up for us. Cause we're just, we're I just, don't know. We're just moving on. Uh, here's what some of you do, though. Sometimes you guys call in and you freak me out. And I'd like to share something <laughs> that freaked me out. <laughs> Brian, I got this call. It came to the 801-471-0462 uh, number. Let's hear it. And this is weird. So here it is. Hey, Scott, Brian. Oops, that's not it. That's not weird. Hold on. It's this one right here. All right, now probably wow. a butt dial, right? Probably a butt dial, but sounds like it. Sounds like they're uh, butt dial while they're sitting on a washing machine. No judgment. Yeah, there's a rhythm to it, there is. and I can't quite make out what. But um, I'm hearing like a like a quarter that was left in the pocket of one of the jeans too. <laughs> it went on by the way. So the reason I'm I'm sure it was a uh butt dial is it went on for like two and a half minutes it was pretty long oh yeah david lynch used that for the uh, soundtrack of that entire episode of twin peaks the the uh the new the new season of twin peaks yeah the, you know everybody you know that episode if you've seen it yeah. that's the the sound of that entire episode yeah i don't i don't even know what that is so I'm, i now i need to finally watch that new season. was that worth doing the new one it was good right you liked it it was it worth was good seeing. i liked it uh i think uh kyle mclaughlin is uh just an underappreciated genius. I mean, we talked about Desperate Housewives, Housewives yesterday when we were uh, talking about Ava Longoria. But no. freaking Kyle McLaughlin and his whole blue velvet weirdness, his uh, uh, his original Twin Peaks weirdness. I mean, that's that's your dude for this. And he was so good in uh, in that weird Twin Peaks uh, thing. You saw Firewalk with me, right? Yeah, a long time ago. But yeah, okay. saw that when it yeah. came out. Um, I oh. And I like... It's so weird. My relationship with uh, that show and and yeah. its spin out movie is a weird one because I think I liked it when I watched mm-hmm. it, but I never remember shit about it. Yeah, it. Uh, I don't know why it that thrives is. on making you uh, uncomfortable, and the new season feels like it just takes that to new heights. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Was was Lynch involved through the whole thing, or was there some deal where yeah. he left, or I can't remember what the thing is. Oh, no, I think uh, he was involved uh, through the whole thing, okay. as far as I know. All right, yeah. that's good. I thought there was some fight or something. I don't remember what the deal was. 
But he, I, yeah. Kyle McLaughlin, one of those guys. One of those guys. I like him as he gets older. He's he's uh, aging like a fine wine. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's right. Uh, oh yeah, Dune. Speaking of Lynch, the original Dune with yeah. Kyle, and uh, yeah. he was on Agents of Shield. Thank you, Hobbs Dog, for reminding me about those two things. Spice must flow. The spice must flow. Um, My eyes are blue. Look, Sean Young. We talked a little about Laserdisc yesterday, but we did. You yeah. wanted you wanted more, Brian. What you wanted find more? Out? I wanted to understand how something that I perceived as optical could still be analog right because mm. it's getting read by a freaking laser mm-hmm. uh thank you dr evil uh so how on earth could it still possibly be analog and um uh, probably the best way to explain it is it's like a record baby round right, right. <laughs> it's like a record so so if you look at a CD, if you get your little microscope out and you look really close to the uh, to a CD, you're going to see pits and valleys or, or bumps and valleys, pits right. and uh, pits and bumps, I guess is what they call it, and they're all going to be the same depth but different lengths and different things like that. And those are your kind of your your ones and zeros. I'm really really kind of boiling this down. Sure. Um, with uh, a laser disc, you've still got those pits and bumps but they also are different heights and they go different directions and so it's closer to like the grooves on a record that the needle comes in contact with than it is a cd or dvd with the little the little bits and bumps and i see what you mean by the it almost seems to go against the grain depending on which ring you're on like there's a yeah one these these seem to be facing one way i'm showing the chat a big picture of it and then the oh and then cool the, you got a like a microscope laser disc picture. yeah it's not super close up but it's enough to like you know i don't know here i'll put this in here it's yeah, like put it, in, it I'll shows you how it. this like uh uneven mm, grooves uh-huh. oops which i don't i don't ever associate that with like a record or, or or a CD, obviously. CDs are like clear, well, not clear, but they're like that rainbow smooth right. look, and you can't really see where your data is. But in this laser disc example, you can totally see. You can kind of see out. right where, like, yeah, there might be. There's like that more dense looking section where there might be, I don't know, a lot of quick changes, quick video changes, or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe? maybe I don't know. It that, could be action. That's a, that's a really good question. Like you might be looking there at a. Yeah, quick frame rate kind of thing. It'd be interesting quicker. if you like watched a movie that had a very specific action. Let's say it's uh, French Connection. It's got that car chase. And yeah. it's got a lot of hard cuts and really interesting stuff. Would If I looked at that laser disc, would I see a weird right. part? That section of yeah. it be... Yeah, that'd that, be that's really fascinating to me. That, that and, and the parts where it's a little more static shots of two people talking kind of thing might be more of the the, you know, the the darker areas mm-hmm. uh, on that uh, on that desk. Yeah. It's interesting. The guy who invented it, I, he doesn't get a lot of credit and I forgot his name, so I'm not going to give Paul Gates or something like that. Mm. Um, uh, like he, you know, came in at a time when it was Betamax and VHS fighting and said, here's a third format and mm. it doesn't degrade like, um, uh, like VHS and Betamax tapes and you know the only problem is that every 30 minutes you've got to get up and flip it over if you're watching a two and a half hour movie that means you're doing it like four times yeah. but <laughs> the one big downside too I guess was that it didn't record anything so you couldn't record TV like the, like you could with VHS right. or beta right and I'm, yeah. I'm sure that from a practical standpoint people were willing to lose some of the fidelity to gain that 
functionality, yeah. probably. The, um, the the audio on there is digital, the uh, but the video is analog. And the um, there was a place uh, right by where I lived, um, called Laserland. God, was it called Laserland? Something that dumb. Uh, might like have a, been called Laserland. That sounds and, like laser uh, all tag. they sold were what's that? <laughs> sounds like laser tag or something. The place you it go. does, yeah. yeah. All they sold were laser disc players and laser discs, and so I got my laser disc player there. I befriended a uh, uh, a clerk there named Angel. She and I became friends. We went on one date, decided we weren't romantically interested in each other, and uh, um, uh, they just continued to be friends. She was. Uh, she was at our wedding and Tina's and my wedding was friends with us for quite a while afterwards. And then just kind of, uh, drifted off as some, some friends do. Sure. Sometimes you just but, don't hear from them, you know, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hubs Doug. So he's talking about the, the, a lot of the players had auto flip. This is fascinating, right? Because you've got this giant record size disc and you, you know, basically you could eliminate again, if you're watching a two and a half hour movie and you have to flip the disc four times, um, you, uh, uh, have to get up, right. Pull the disc out, right. turn it over. But these things had auto flip and there's no room to actually flip the disc mechanically inside. So what they would do is they'd have the laser on like a little, a little hinge and they would get to the end of the end of one side and then it would back to the edge and go to the top and yep. then do the, uh, the other edge. Read it from the other side. Yeah. I always thought yeah. it would be cool if they'd figure out a way to take that giant disc and flip it, but. Obviously, they went it would have the to better be, way. It would have to like the box would have to be <laughs> the same height as it is uh, wide and deep. Yep, looks like sixty-four minutes per side is all you got on the high capacity. The low capacity was thirty-six minutes. So it yeah. no matter what movie you had, the Star Wars, the Star Wars ones I have, and I think somebody else mentioned that they have it. Yeah, Hobbs Dog also has this. The Star Wars special or uh, pre-special edition yeah. trilogy. Uh, it's all in that thirty-something minutes per side format, and so. Do you have a player or just a? I know you have some discs. I have, I have a player as well, yeah, but it's not a, not a, not a an auto flip. It's a Pioneer player, and do I hold on to it for any other reason than it's just nostalgia? Because it's yeah. not doesn't have an HDMI out. I've got to use component cables out. It's kind of cool though, because it's just dead, like we said, dead format. So now you got a thing that you know you can always look at and go, "Hey, dead format, check it out." Yeah, that's great. Oh, let me go dust my dead format collection. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of work to dust my uh, dead format collection. I don't think that's any. Like the- I don't think that's any weirder than people that collect, that keep, hang on to their game consoles for a long time or anything. I think it's fine. It's true. You know? I mean, I do have. Uh, I've got some pretty cool special editions. I've got the Nightmare Before Christmas special edition Laserdisc, which has, I think, Frankenweenie as a bonus feature on there. The oh, original interesting. animation that uh, Burton did, which I think is also on the Blu-ray of Nightmare Before Christmas, which we also own. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, you know, there's nothing on there that I probably can't get elsewhere, really. It was I my, think there uh, is even, somebody even brought up uh, in the Discord that there is a, a non-special edition DVD um, set of Star Wars. Oh, Oh yeah, there's a. I have that somewhere, tucked away. Uh, that that does exist. Yeah. It was they're hard to get though. You have to like eBay them and stuff. Yeah, you can't get them any other yeah. way. Um, actually, I think a fan sent it to me. Anyway, the what I was gonna say was, um, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is an interesting pivot point for all of these formats because 
it seemed like that was obviously it was on VHS. You could get it on Laserdisc. You could mm-hmm. get it on DVD when DVDs happened. And it was my first, no, second DVD. I got, I got Fifth Element and that. But it seems like everybody I know who who dabbled in that time of like new formats and changeovers yeah. and stuff, yeah. it was always Nightmare Before Christmas for whatever reason. That was the movie. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I should get that out and just see because I think there's a whole art book in there. Like, and because it's record sized, I mean, it's an art book the size of an LP that's got, right? You know, like a, it's a thick box. Yeah. What I, I want. It is. What I want is that. Um, 360 exclusive HD DVD drive that was competing with Blu-ray. So you yeah. could buy this thing and plugged into your Xbox 360 and it was a HD DVD. HD DVD. Exactly. And I somewhere I have the I have the old Batman Begins somewhere. Uh we talked about this with Dunaway the other day, but I don't yeah. I don't have a player and I'll bet those are really rare. I mean the rarest thing is that PlayStation prototype uh super nintendo thing they made that never happened yes and there as far as anyone knows there's only one prototype in circulation that thing sold at auction for like (laughs) half a million dollars this is crazy yeah i would love that dude it's a you know it's a thing like that too that if you if you have something that that is rare like that and you're like you know i'm gonna sell this someday eh, unless you see Unless you see something on the horizon, like for example, uh, I'm waiting until Wolverine is added to the MCU proper before I start looking around to maybe sell my first appearance issue. You know, Incredible Hulk uh, first appearance. Oh, Wolverine I see. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, selling it right now, it's like oh, he's popular brr, a little bit, but but it would have been the right time during you know uh, the popularity of the Logan movie or um, or you know during the original. Uh, X-Men films, the good ones anyway. Right. Mm. Uh, <laughs> they were in there somewhere. But, uh, you know, I've got the little shop of horror. So uh, Frank Oz um, directed that little shop of horrors movie. And uh, if I remember correctly, am I right? He directed it, right? Uh, I anyway, don't know. What was that Frank Oz? They, they originally released the DVD with the original ending of... Um, of Little Shop of Horrors as a bonus thing. And it's, you know, the Frank plan. Oz. You are it's, correct. Frank Oz, by the way. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, Audrey 2 completely destroying the city, becoming like a giant King Kong sized uh, thing and eating the city and killing Rick Moranis and Helen Green and everybody. Oh, my Lord. And um, the studio released the DVD without his knowledge. Mm. And when he found out, he says, Oh, no, no, no. No, I don't want that out there. Pull it. Yeah. Well, I got I've got a copy of that DVD, and I'm thinking, is that ever gonna? That is just gonna go down in price, and I'm sure like now that that clip is probably available on YouTube. I think I don't know. Mm. Um, is it is it worth, uh, you know, is it worth me trying to just sell it now, get rid of it now, maybe get some money for it, or or hang on to it in the hopes that. Something makes it more valuable in the future. I wonder if that movie ever gets a proper remake. That would be the time to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. John Candy was in that? I don't remember that. Yeah, he was a radio station. uh, No, was he a radio station? Was he the disc jockey that interviews uh, Rick Moranis? His name sure sounds like a Wink Winkinson. Yes. Or Wilkinson. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a radio show. Have you seen that, by the way? I don't know that I've ever seen that. I know I've seen the original because I've seen the black and white one that I know of, but I don't think I've seen the 86 one ever. I know about all these little bits and pieces of it, but I don't know shit about that 
the the actual yeah. movie. Um, is that sackable? Well, I feel if I feel like it is sackable. It's it's comedy, but I feel like it's it's a sackable. Um, I think it's a sackable uh, uh, deal. Let's do it. Um, it's got Christopher yeah. Guest. It's got uh, it's got your, yeah. uh, Bill Murray's in there. I guess for Steve hot second. Martin. I mean, it's you know, it's got it's a great collection of of uh, uh, actors and actresses in this thing. It's Frank Oz's first uh, director deal might have been. Yeah, I am not seeing the oh, no, recalled just, version like of. Yeah, his Little first Shop theatrical film, by the way. No, I'm sorry. He directed the Muppets Take Manhattan, and his next one was Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, and Dark Crystal. So, Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. Muppets Take Manhattan. Very Muppety, though, right? You can't avoid mm-hmm. the Muppety. Mm-hmm. He's working with Jim Henson directly. But his first, mm-hmm. like, breakout was Little Shop of Horrors. That's cool. Mm. And then Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is only two years later. That's crazy. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, that's good. That's an underappreciated... Uh, I agree. It's one of the funniest uh, movies comedy. I saw in the 80s. It was great. Yeah. Nothing yeah. wrong with that movie. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Deep dive on, the, yeah, on your laser. There we disc. go. Big. Uh, real quick note about a Jersey Mike's I stopped into the other day with Kim. Uh, went there yeah. to lunch on our way back from dropping that truck back off. And um, we just thought, hey, we'll hop in here and grab something. And they're always great. Very fast. Very nice people. And you do your thing and you get your food and you go sit down. The entire time we were there, I heard two employees in the back room arguing loudly mm-hmm. about which was better, Infinity War or Endgame. <laughs> that's that's it's so hard to do like that's a, a weird thing to argue about like oh which which kill bill is uh better volume one or volume two well even that is those are those feel like two separate movies as opposed to infinity war and endgame it's, yeah endgame and infinity war is all all it is constrained by is a time an artificial time limit we give movies otherwise that thing runs together right. perfectly right right exactly. so these guys were i tried to record it it wasn't it didn't work because the the 80s music they were playing in the dining area was so loud that you couldn't at least the mic couldn't make out this argument but we could hear yeah. it over the oh music. you tried to record <laughs> yeah i tried to tape it and so i could play it on the show because you know everything's yeah. content but tape? but i don't know how it ended by the time we left they were still back there yelling i heard something about thanos this and that some guy was uh freaking out about um oh uh, uh visions eye th- or his uh forehead gem uh wisdom the wisdom gem or what not wisdom what is it What's the gem he had in his head? The uh, the the um, vision had mind the mind gem. Mind gem. And they were arguing about that right? for some yeah. reason. They're like the mind gem wouldn't have burp, burp. No, the mind gem doesn't matter. Burp, 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 burp. They're just going yeah. off back there, and their managers yeah. out front just quietly wiping stuff down like she's used to. <laughs> like nothing's going on back there. Of note, you know. Yeah. Right. Oh, anyway, I love it. It was a good time. Let's get Amy yeah. in here and let's read a book. Okay. Cool cool i love um, a book i love a good book i like a good book as well and uh, i also like a good visit with amy so we're going to do that right now with this one of the things that i enjoy also is reading we also enjoy also reading uh hey it's amy she's here and uh we love having her here hello red fraggle what are you doing well, hello. I also enjoy also reading. <laughs> well, good, because that makes you a perfect guest to tell us more about things we should be reading. Also, uh, uh, here's the good news. Today, I assume there's a Coverville today, right, Brian? You're doing Coverville today? Oh, there today? is a Coverville, yeah. Uh, so, but- today, celebrating the birthdays, or what would have been the birthday of George Michael, 
and uh, from Wham and uh, Colin Hay from Men at Work, who is alive and does have a birthday and is is very cool. Still looking uh, sixty his... and seventy years old, uh, oh, respectively. Wow. Oh, well, my goodness. Uh, may he have a Vegemite sandwich while we. Uh, That's right. uh, but here's the here's the whole point. Somewhere between TMS and that. Mm, yes, uh, be some pot. Amy here is going to make pot. I'm sorry, throw pottery. <laughs> yes, throw pottery. Oh, oh, I have that written down wrong. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. So go to YouTube uh, at the at Red Fraggle uh, and uh, watch her do it. Are you doing it live? I guess you're doing it live, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do a stream. All right, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to check that out as well and see what it. There means will also to throw be pottery. a new video coming in the next few days or so. I have a. Uh, I've been, you know, I've been doing kind of these time lapse. Uh, you know, in process videos of what stuff I'm creating, because if I were to just do those in real time, oh my gosh, it would, they would, the <laughs> videos would be way too long. It's ridiculous, sure. but yeah, but yeah. So uh, I've been working on um, a couple of pieces I had. So the reason I haven't thrown in a little bit is because I had so many pieces uh, sitting on my shelf mm. that were just, unfinished <laughs> mm. i was like we yay i'm doing lots of practicing and but that i had just hadn't <laughs> finished anything so i was like okay i need to either like get rid of these and reclaim the clay or finish them so i've well, been oh gotcha so they weren't even them. fired they're they're just still in uh in in a format that you could break them down and reuse the clay well some of them yeah some mm. of them had been had been what's called bisque fired so they'd mm. been low temperature fired and mm-hmm. um, you know those you can't really you're not going to reclaim that clay but uh yeah, some of them also were just greenware, just sitting there. Like they're they're bone dry, but they're they haven't been fired or decorated or anything. So, yeah, I need to get on that. You made, you made me <laughs> yeah. uh, slightly hungry with the word bisque. So, good job on that. Bisque? Like <laughs> yeah. a lobster bisque. Yeah, yeah. that sounds lobster so good. Bisque sounds fantastic right now. Uh, anyway, go check it out. You guys should be uh, doing that at, at some point uh, over there at Red Fraggle on YouTube. I'm looking at her speed. Uh, speed pottery speed right run. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speed run through pottery. <laughs> it's you're you're right about the time lapse. It's good for stuff like this. You know, speed drawing, speed sculpting. Yeah. You see this all the time because nobody nobody can you know sit there for the six hours or whatever it takes to do this stuff. Right. Um, yeah. And that that man that jar. Ooh, that was a process. It took a long time, yeah. but I was pretty happy with how it how it came out. Yeah. Well, go so. sub sub up, you guys, and uh, watch for the live stream. Uh, today, though, we're talking about a book, and you brought a clip. Anything you want to say about that before we hit play? No, let's go. Let's just Jump hit right play, in. eh? All right, here goes. Enjoy. The children were playing while Holston climbed to his death. He could hear them squealing, as only happy children do. While they thundered about frantically above, Holston took his time, each step methodical and ponderous, as he wound his way around and around the spiral staircase old boots ringing out on metal treads. Holston could feel the vibrations in the railing, which was worn down to the gleaming metal. That always amazed him, how centuries of bare palms and shuffling feet could wear down solid steel. One molecule at a time, he supposed. Each life might wear away a single layer, even as the silo wore away that life. Holston lifted an old boot to an old step, He lost himself in what the untold years had done. The ablation of molecules and lives, layers and layers ground to fine dust. And he thought, not for the first time, that neither life nor staircase had been meant for such an existence. Oh, I know Sheriff Holston, all right. 
I love that you're reading this. I love these books. They're my some of my favorite books ever in the history of ever. So talk about, are you talking about the whole silo series or just wool or where, where are you at? What are you doing? Right now I am actually, it's funny. I've, I've got about two hours left on wool mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I started, I started reading these when we started watching the series, you know, we had run out of Ted Lasso. And so I said, okay, well, what else is there to watch now? And so we went from Ted Lasso to Silo, which is quite a whiplash of emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was I, I was immediately sucked in. And of course, like they haven't even dropped the last episode yet. It comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so I said, nope, too bad. I'm not waiting. I'm picking up the book. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> don't, I don't even you, care. You did like I did. I've read the thing, I think, maybe now four total times, three times prior, but I picked it up again when the show launched and started mm-hmm. reading again because I love it so much. And there are some big differences um, mm-hmm. that are, well, the whole Silo series is sort of jammed into the show, which is not a problem. It's just the way you do TV. Uh, wool, yeah. wool is a very self-contained thing that kind of happens in the first couple of episodes of the show. It's not really a spoiler, but that book is sort of contained therein. And then they have some sort of flashback stuff. But um, that first book took me such a back. It was like, what did I just read? This is amazing. And you're not even at the end yet, which is, you know, to go is you still have a really cool place to go. Um, I'm jealous, actually, you getting to read it for the first time and experience it for, for the first time. But man, those books are good. Hugh Howie's an awesome dude, makes amazing books. I'm so happy for him. And, the, you know, he's just one of these guys that made a small self-published freaking Amazon book back in the day. Right. Yeah. And the people like loved it so much they demanded more. And mm-hmm. so then he wrote like five more parts to it. So. Yep. And his yeah. dust series is also right. extremely good. Uh, the book sand is incredible. Um, you may, you may notice a trend with the way he titles his books, but there are all these amazing <laughs> dystopic sort of, you know, science fiction takes and they're just so utterly fantastic. So that show, the, the best news is that show has done an incredible job of adapting it. Like they didn't just half ass mm-hmm. this. It doesn't feel like, I don't know. I don't know what to compare it to. Like the foundation was really disappointing for me um, compared to the source material, but this is very good. Maybe Sarah Ferguson is like 80% of that because she's so great and everything she's in. But yeah. Cannot recommend that series enough. It's so so good. Both the books and she the is, show. She is really good. the The one thing in the series I have to say that is distracting me just a just a little bit mm. is that she has a little bit of an accent, and within the context of the story, this is not a spoiler because you you get introduced to this in the first two minutes of the show. Uh, it's it's this dystopic future where for at least a, a couple hundred years people have been living in underground silos. Right. 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 Why would anyone have an accent that is different than anyone else's? <laughs> right. You know? right. Like no one I, would. <laughs> I think they, and it's funny because some people have straight up accents in there. Some people have, um, well, uh, some, actually some, uh, <laughs> accents can be a product of your parental upbringing. That's true. But if well, that's the case, different than her father. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but what's like, funny uh, is they're Brian all Cranston Jr. Who is like playing her father. I don't know what that guy's name is. Oh, but you like, know I him though. Like I'm looking he, at like he's, your, old, he's Game you know, of Thrones Malcolm guy. You, dad. you know him from Game of Thrones. He's the guy that gets the, the gray thing later on. The, the Khaleesi helper guy, the one that falls in love with her. What's his name? 
Oh, uh, not Davos. Not Davos. The other one, the older guy who's yes, uh, right. He ends up getting the scale. Yes, uh, right, right. He's like her protector the whole time. And what's her, what's his damn name? That guy. Uh, that's yes, him. Shoot. And he doesn't. He does an American accent, and it throws me hard because he's also he's English. Mm. She's Swedish, and she's trying to do. An okay accent. I mean, I uh, she's not very good at it, but whatever. <laughs> Lord Friendzone is the best name. <laughs> Lord yeah. Friendzone, that's right. Uh, so a couple of people in the chat are pointing out that like there there are there are different sections of the silo and the down deep is different. He you know her dad actually lives in the mids. Yes, that's true. But nobody else in the down deep has her accent either. No, in fact, they have different accents. And like the the guy in charge of the guy played by Common, who's not in charge of, but one of the um, judicials in the upper floors. Uh, this is a whole thing. You have to watch it to get it. But but Commons got this very kind of street Brooklyn thing going on. and But no one else around him does. <laughs> so I think they're just doing it kind of – it's a little like Chernobyl. They're just like, ah, everybody just talk the way you they're talk. They're just and, letting everybody talk how they talk, and yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's not really that distracting. It was just a little funny to me. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's kind of funny. They've added a um, as, they've added an aspect to this show that they don't do in any of the books, and I won't tell you what it is because you're not done with the book yet. But uh, those who have read and are also watching will probably notice that there's something going on in the show that they don't do in the book. And I was a little concerned about it when they first brought it up. I went, "Oh, we're going to really have this plot point. This feels contrived, but mm-hmm. it totally works. It's actually a very good ad. It feels like something that should have been in the book." And I usually don't go that direction. It's like when you make something up for TV, I'm usually annoyed. But what they put in, yeah. what they made up in this case, actually enhances the story and takes it further. It's really freaking fantastic stuff. I, I love it. I think I probably know what you're talking about because I think I'm I'm far enough into the the book, por- you know, portion of things where mm-hmm. I think I know. Like I I found it hilarious. This is also not really that much of a spoiler because it's just a thing. I found it hilarious that like a Pez dispenser is the thing that yeah. like is throwing <laughs> oh, really? everybody like, yeah, in the show, everybody's like freaking out about why people have this Pez dispenser because they don't know what it is. Yeah, they're and, called, they're and called not allowed to have relics, right, uh, you right. know? And so they think it's like this super important thing of the past. And it's a freaking Pez dispenser with a, rubber ducky on the top of it it's hilarious yeah think about like um you know they do it in mad max a lot but like even like uh uh eli book of eli he has that ipod with his playlist on it Uh it's considered this like rare thing from the before times it's kind of like that there there are things they call relics some relics you can have like like if you have an old watch or something mad max uh the mel gibson mad max has something like that like the little uh the little whistle thing that he really mm-hmm. likes that he ends up giving to the feral kid. Yeah, or even his dogs, mm-hmm. the the dinky dog food cans are from a you know era before. Right, right. So it's like it's like that, except they register all relics if they find them. You can some relics you can have, but you have to go through a big rigmarole to even retain it. But most relics are like highly illegal, and the minute they find out you have one, you're in huge trouble. Or if you find one, you have to report it right away. And this Pez dispenser is like at the center of. All this, and if you think about it, like if you're in the you're in this thing for 200 years, you don't know what the before times were at all. You wouldn't even know yeah. what you wouldn't even know what Pez is, or that that dispenses something that isn't there, or that they're right. Like you wouldn't know what to make of it. And I I really like that stuff. 
but it's also a little goofy, right? It's like it's a Pez dispenser. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I find it hilarious because it makes me think about what kind of crap are we going to leave behind that people 300 years from now will speculate about what it was if there's not if if somehow, you know, there's no records left behind or maybe, you know, if, if aliens come down and are like, you know, what, what, what are these humans up to? What was this used for? You know, yeah, yeah we fidget get... spinners is a great example. What mm-hmm. the heck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to like presume that this was some sort of cog in a machine or so it's somehow, you know, <laughs> was very important yeah. mechanism yeah. for something. And it's just a fidget spinner. Yeah. I could um, see that. And it would be, it'd have to be yeah. like a scenario where the world's kind of wiped out. Right. Which is the idea in wool anyway. Uh, or mm-hmm. in the the silo series that the world was somehow destroyed, and there was you know this this thing was set up to save a bunch of people. If you keep reading and you get to his short stories he's done recently that are like prequel content to all this, mm-hmm. fascinating. It'll fill in some fascinating holes. But read it in the order he put it all out. I wouldn't go okay. I wouldn't jump to these prequels first because they're they presume you've already read all this. So they, yeah. they they spoil a lot, but also they fill in a lot of gaps, and those also go places. It's a really fantastic read. I, I highly recommend it, even especially if you're enjoying the show. But even if you're not, if any of this sort of dystopic sci-fi sort of stuff intrigues you at all, and just the human the human element of all of that, it's uh it's fantastic. It's so good. I'm I'm so glad you brought this one today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really good. You know, for a long time, I didn't really like dystopic things because oh it's kind of depressing because it almost feels like oh it's kind of inevitable isn't it like uh, i don't want to think about where we're going Mm -hmm. but it it raises a lot of really good questions about who we are and who we want to be you know our and and how you how you justify your behaviors or or you know what your value system is that kind of thing it's it's all really really interesting and uh, also tim robbins is a really good cast for oh he's art. great in it yes oh my gosh i didn't know how i was going to feel about that either i thought i'd be a little too andy dufresne for my taste but he's perfect <laughs> he's perfect in it and he's gone th- we've seen some shit with him it's nobody's wasted. If anything, the show surprises me about the people they'll let go away and never come back to the show. Cause they're huge people, huge names and like big deals. Like that first episode, first and second episode is just full of, um, forgot her name, uh, parks and rec and the office. Uh, she's the daughter of a famous musician. Oh, she's a Jones, Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones is so good in those first couple episodes. Oh, cool. And then you just don't get her later. It's not a spoiler. You just don't get her. Ah, so later. I'm so looking forward to watching this. This is, uh, we, we finally bagged on Mrs. Maisel. We're like, it's rare that we get a few episodes from the end of something that's, that's got a finite end and say, I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we had a, there was an episode, I think six or seven episodes into the final season that actually resolved a lot of things to the point where we're satisfied. And we said, you know what? I think we're happy here. I yeah. think this is really good. Yeah. And uh, so now we're moving over to Black uh, Mirror uh, uh, and then uh, probably Silo right after that. Yeah. yeah. So, like I say, the last, uh, I think the last episode, at least, I don't know if they're going to do multiple seasons or not, but the last episode that they have done and is in the can is coming out tomorrow. Yeah. So cool. you could easily binge it in a weekend. And I say this because we 
did. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, crap, the last episode's not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> we've done that ourselves where we've done, yeah, where we've like, uh, 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 like we've said, all right, everything's out from this this show that we wanted to watch, and we binge all the way through. And it's like, oh no, we've got two episodes left that we have to wait for. Yeah, mm-hmm, it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole thing Does ends Kim tomorrow. There does have a season you, two. Uh, it got it got approved for two seasons at least. So I know we're getting. Does that. Uh, Kim watch it with you, Scott? Yeah, she loves it. She's super. She loves it. it. Cool. Yeah. Really likes it. I think it's very. It's a. It's a story. I think Tina and really anybody would like if you just like good human stories. It's not. This isn't one about weird aliens and strange yeah. contraptions or whatever. It's just like mm-hmm. how do how do humans deal in a situation like this? And it's it's great. She'll like it. Yeah, cool. I will say there is an episode. It, this it, in the book. This isn't really. I mean, they they. They go into this part of the story. I'm being very vague, and so I'm stumbling over my words a little bit. But there's a whole episode where the suspense is really a big deal. And uh, as an engineer, I'm going, why didn't they just do this? Mm. And it would have been so much simpler. So uh, any engineers out there, you'll know when you get to that episode, just park your little engineer brain and go with the suspense and enjoy it. Because like, if you try and figure out why they didn't just do it a simpler way you'll drive yourself a little bit crazy so just you know just go with the (laughs) just go with the suspense that the director put in there and enjoy it that's what i say uh the entire Uh, merrick is agreeing with me and that yep that he knows exactly what i'm talking about so yeah i know what you mean too it's it's definitely a park your brain moment but uh real quick the series the entire series is called the silo series in book form which includes Wool, Shift, Dust, and the Silo Stories. The Silo Stories are the prequels I was mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all are now in a big omnibus sort of collection. And the Kindle edition is often on sale. I want to say that whole thing was like maybe three bucks not long ago. Um, currently, it's 25 uh, for that. It's still worth it. But um, absolutely, if you're looking to just read it and not get the audio versions, uh, that's, that's, the com- that's the combination to get it. Just get them all at once. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. And and now, you know, I, I'm I'm excited that I brought it today so I could talk about it. I know I have to be vague and not have spoilers, but uh I keep saying to Chuck, I was like, okay, I assume that you don't want me to talk about stuff that's different in the book before you watch the end of the show, right? And he's like, Yes, don't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And he says, in fact, how long is the audiobook? We're we're going out of town this weekend. He's like, okay, maybe I can listen to the audiobook while we're driving. I was like, okay, I'll listen to it again. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and don't look for these. There's a couple of books called Silo, um, colon, a post-apocalyptic survival thriller. You know, yeah, Extinction. No. This, these aren't it. That's, those are something else. And those are free. Yeah, that's money, money grab by uh, somebody else trying yeah. to yeah. capitalize on the popularity. Yep. The so, author's name is Hugh Howie, and the the first book in the series, like Scott said, is called Wool, and yep. it's all, like W O O L, and it's all caps, and that is a thing. Yep, Apple TV so. Plus is the um, series, so make sure you check that out as well. Amy, this is a great recommendation. Thanks for bringing this to us. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah. Watch and, our uh, channel. That's uh, Red Fraggle on YouTube. It's coming up uh, sometime between now and and Coverville. And she'll yeah, be live. Come over see there. me after if there's Adventure Club or whatever, or after after TMS. Sometime I'll be playing with Clay. Excellent, Claire. You will definitely want to be there if you're here. Oh, are you doing a you doing an Irish I won't thing? Say or? Why. Oh, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> <I'm>, oh, jeez. <laughs> 
Are we making? I'm going to be doing. So I have a I have a piece that is you know it's a nice little cylinder, and I think it will make a good mug. And I need to pull a handle for it. If oh. you've ever seen a potter pull a handle, it's a mighty dirty looking process. That's is all. It? Your dog's I'll interested keep, in it. I'll say that. Leave it yeah, at yeah. that. Yeah, my dog just wants to be in my lap all the time now. Oh, so nothing wrong with that. Hi. Hi, Beauregard. All right. Y'all have a good day. You too. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Bye now. That dog really did want to hang out. Oh, please let me stay human. 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 Uh, we're going to do one quick story uh, in the cool. news, so let's do that. I don't watch the news. Today's news is brought to you by. Yeah, I told you a little bit about this a minute ago, but let's get deeper into it. Colin Hay from Men at Work, George Michael would have had a birthday today. Uh, they would have been 60 and 70. Uh, George Michael would have been 60. Colin Hay is 70. And both of them featured on today's Coverville. And uh, listen, it's exactly what you want. You've got you've got your down under. You've got your overkill. You've got your be good, Johnny. And you've got an excellent cover by Colin Hay from his brand new cover album that came out a couple of years ago. And all the songs you want to hear from George Michael covered by folks like Scary Pockets, uh, Serpent with Feet, Natalie Don, and then a great cover by George Michael of uh, one of his uh, 80s contemporaries, uh, Terrence Trent Darby. All of this coming up, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, twitch.tv slash Coverville. Very nice. Man, I always forget how young George Michael was when he died. He really was, yes, exactly. Oh, well, we've got a question. We'll answer that at the end of today's show, Jeannie. I'll put it in our... End of show notes. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. T- um, well, Monday. What's Monday? Tuesday's fourth. The third. Yeah. Right. Fourth. So, definitely. Definitely no show on the fourth. Yeah. No fourth. No fourth show. I think the third's fine. Now, what's usually on the third? Um, a lot we, of a lot of companies are giving their employees the day off on the third, but uh, oh, do they? I don't see any reason. I mean, you know, it's 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 a day where we can have a a bunch of people in the live chat room who don't always get to be live in the chat that's true so yeah we'll we'll figure it out brian and i'll talk yeah. to him i'll let you guys know uh okay let's News. do this, this story here um if you move to these beautiful islands i'm about to describe to you in ireland mm-hmm. yes i've uh, seen these you'll yeah. pay they will pay you not you pay them you they will pay you brian, yeah yeah ninety two thousand dollars to move there where do i sign up well how's the wi-fi <laughs> That's probably one big Where's problem. Where's the nearest Freddy's? Well, all these are questions I need. These are important questions. Um, so here's how the article goes. Have you ever dreamed of quitting your job and escaping the rat race to live in a remote island? Well, your dreams are about to come true, in Ireland anyway, which has announced that it will pay people up to ninety-two grand to move there uh, to one of these 30 remote Irish islands. So think like Inisherin, the movie. The, yeah, the yeah. Stuff very, like very that. similar in its, uh, in its population and, and uh, look. And it's access to internet is my guess. Probably just as bad, but who knows? Uh, The program is called Our Living Islands. Our Living Islands. (laughs) It's a visionary project from the Irish government that aims to rejuvenate about 30 sparsely populated offshore spots. For example, uh, there's the Aranmore Island located off the coast of Donegal. Donegal. County Donegal. Donegal. Yeah. Uh, Along the magnificent Wild Atlantic Way. Rugged 150 foot cliffs dominate the skyline. Uh, then there's Clare Island. <laughs> what? Which is the loudest island in Ireland. It's so loud all the time. It's naked most of the time. Um, <laughs> what else? 
uh, drinks a lot. Just kidding, Claire. We yeah. think you're great. Uh, this is off the coast of uh, County Mayo. So get your mayonnaise on. Yeah. Uh, which is known for its sandy beaches and epic hiking. Uh, there's Bear Island, a quiet po- uh, paradise populated with walkers, cyclists, bird watchers, right. and plant lovers. I and like that one a lot. Yep. Innismore, one of the Aran Islands, was location of the 2022 Oscar nominated film, The Banshees of Inisherin. There you go. Sound dreamy? You decide. 92 grand. I mean, yeah. Here's the right. thing: that 92 grand, uh, we we uh, got more information on this, or like we saw a, a news article about it. Um, that 92 grand is given to you that you have to spend, I believe, on the on re, refurbishing the house or or building, um, improving your lot, improving your house. Mm. It's not, um, uh, it's not necessarily a here's here's some cash, spend it however you want. No, it's ninety two thousand. Use it for for redoing this house. Right, but you could go. It's not like you got to go buy a three hundred thousand dollar house and then spend another. No, it's true. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so exactly. this seems like a pretty good. It's, I mean, I, it's, it's I, not a like. I mean, you know, oh, I have to spend ninety two thousand dollars to rebuild a house in uh, in in a beautiful island in Ireland. Okay, that's totally fine. I feel like I would consider this if I lived there. Yeah. I assume yeah. this is for Irish people. They, they're not asking everyone around the world to do this. I don't think. I think they're. I think they're. It's open to anyone. You have to be eligible for for dual citizenship, and that's it. Really? Is that all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're, now I really or, or get a work visa or whatever. But um, now I really want to know how the internet is. Like more than that's ever. exactly right. That is for us. That is the the caveat. That's a hundred percent the caveat. Everything else I can deal with. Uh, even if even if the Hell, I could deal with an outhouse if I had to. Uh, I don't want to, but I could. <laughs> Sorry, I need, I need a, uh, uh, yeah, I need the comforts of a heated toilet seat and a uh, total washlet is what I need. So no, but if I could, ninety-two thousand can go a lot towards a uh, total washlet toilet for yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, but I would be, I, yeah, it's not in my yeah. cards, but this sort of thing is intriguing. I love the idea of a remote island. Oh, totally, yes. Yeah, and a bunch of people are just like weird neighbors. Oh, what you doing out there? Planting more potato things, you know, just doing their doing your Irish stuff. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Make an Irish spring in the backyard. All right, that's it. Uh for your news. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, my sister Wendy will be here and we are going to talk about a couple of things. Um, in fact, it's not even in the show notes today because she's bringing her own thing. So Ooh, uh, bring yeah. in her own, like uh, uh, just just uh, provo- going off the menu. Oh, great! Okay, yeah, yeah. she's uh, she's got her own thing, and we're gonna groove on it. So let's see what happens when she comes back. Yeah. But we can only divide things up here with a song. And Brian brought that song right in the middle here. It's an indie. Da, 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 da. Uh, this is a, a quartet from Toronto. Listen, man, that's in uh, like it's uh, what uh, seven hours, eight hours from now. I'll be. I'll be uh, enjoying some bad dates and, and enjoying a little Indi- Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, the Toronto Quartet Zeus have a, a brand new single. Uh, this is a band that reminds me of like early Dire Straits. Mm. Um, even has a little Knopfler in his voice. Not quite the guitar virtuoso. I mean, who is that Mark Knopfler is? But it's still really, really good. Um, this is fantastic. The uh, they have a brand new album coming out called Credo. Doesn't come out till September, so you've got time to love this song, enjoy it, and appreciate it, and say, "Man, I want to hear more." At the beginning of September, when that album comes out, here is the band Zeus and the song Air I Walk. 
Outstanding checkers, all former queens in the Checker of the Year competition. Flee before my terrible power! All right, I need a brief reminder on who that was. That was a band called Zeus, Z-E-U-S. Uh, they have got a brand new single called Air I Walk. It's up ahead of their fourth uh, forthcoming album, which is also their fourth album, <laughs> Credo, which comes out September 8th. Nice. Seems like another quality indie in the middle yes. to me. It, uh, it certainly is. It certainly, certainly is. All right. My sister Wendy will be here shortly uh, with her prowess as a full-time professional therapist. And uh, she's going to help somebody with something. That's why this always goes. So let's play her little intro. Wendy. I mean, uh, uh, random. Not a chance. Hey, it's my sister, Wendy, who is here on Thursdays. Hey. Hey. <laughs> she's always hey. always doing the Thursday thing uh, with us. And uh, we're going to do that again today. But uh, before we go anywhere, I wanted to do two things. One, uh, thank you for uh, being such nice host to my uh, wife and your sister, Misha. They had a great time over there. They and, uh, were so super easy to host hello it was like having 
two queens of parties. <laughs> it was like and having kitchens. family there. Oh, oh they are. <laughs> it's been a hot minute since anyone yeah. has helped me with anything, mm-hmm. and it was so nice. Oh my god. Yeah, they're the I right ants. So they're the perfect aunt slash sister in laws you want. Uh, or in Misha's case, your actual sister. But they're the perfect like ones you want in proximity when oh, yeah. stuff goes down. It's like, wait, we need help. Who's going to do it? Yeah, like and- they they social they like did all the heavy emotional lifting of all the things. You know, not only just like planning and helping and whatever, and taking my kids to the Mall of America. What freaks? I would never do that. But whatever. <laughs> they they just did, and they spoiled them in just the right ways, and then they were so great, and then they just like. At the party, we're just like working the room. It was amazing. Yeah, they're pretty good for that <laughs> stuff. Amazing. So whenever you need awesome. them, and they so love sharing. They her. loved that lake up there, at the cabin you guys went to. And yeah, all that. that was really fun. Yeah, got Kim to uh, admit some of her deep fears on that lake. Oh, She's really? Still, not a fan of water. Of, of and the deep water. In water. Yeah. Yeah. Especially she stuff. Great. And she had a really uh, fun encounter with a loon, which yeah. is our state bird. Yeah. And learned a few biology lessons that there you don't mess around with the lake. No. <laughs> no, it turns out stagnant lakes, not stagnant lakes, but lakes like that that are, you know, well, relatively stagnant. They get a lot of stuff in them, things that she doesn't like, bugs, spiders, uh, stuff down deep and in the water, you know. Speaking of trauma, I mean, she grew up in Mississippi where like a snake, a poisonous snake would slither on the top of the water towards you. I yeah. mean, that's not... Yeah. That is not nothing. That leaves a mark so, when you're around all those. When bugs yeah, are as these, bu- this lake is boring. There's nothing really in it but a couple fish. But it really did. Uh, but she did it. She she kayaked the whole time and had a great time. And we saw all these bald eagles. Kept yelling freedom. It was awesome. <laughs> well, that's what you do when you see a bald eagle. It makes sense. <laughs> you go freedom. Uh, well, great. Uh, let's get straight to it now. I have one other thing I wanted to share. This is just a little feedback call we got. Um, recent or based on a recent show i guess it was the last time you were here and uh it's short so i just wanted to play this real quick so check this out hey scott brian and wendy this is for tms uh last thursday you guys were talking with wendy and you're talking about bad parenting things and scott you mentioned that you terrorized your children by telling them you had spies everywhere well i just want to let you know my mother did the same thing now granted she was a teacher in school so she did have spies everywhere but you know it is a thing you're not alone have a great day <laughs> think about this kids who grew up where their parents are teachers have the spy network at school. Yeah, it's legit yeah. happening. They're not just yes. saying that. It actually is that. So, uh, okay. um, also, <laughs> you know, what's the Luth's uh, friend who shows up to teach his kids a lesson all the time in, um, oh my gosh, why can't I get the show's name? Uh, you know, know, Don Bluth. Oh, Don Bluth. um, uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. wait, from which, which one? Don Bluth? Tell made? me. Don Bluth it's made not, it. It's not Don. Not Don. <laughs> jo- Gob, uh, uh, Joe Bluth. Who are Joe? You talking about? Oh, you're talking about Arrested you know, Development. Arrested Thank development. you. Oh my gosh, yes. I was going to give it in. Uh, Arrested uh, Development. You know yes, how they yes. had that friend who would just like have his arm fall off because he was oh yeah to, to teach him lessons. Yeah. I feel like that is another example of like a parenting tactic that causes uh, problems. <laughs> you're not the first person to bring that up. We got emails about that very dude. Someone sent me a yeah. picture of him and said. Uh, this you or something like that to my email. I'm like, no, I wouldn't That's go that awesome. far. Awesome. I, I, awesome. I get, I get caught on this, uh, this show so often for confusing Don Bluth and Ralph Bakshi that I'm like, I'm not bringing up any animation. I'm not <laughs> saying anything because I know I'm going to get it flipped over and rung. And, but yeah, I was like, like, Brian, oh, you're so talking quiet. about the development. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Wendy and I have like a, we have a cultural connection to Don Bluth because growing up, uh, well, those movies are always on in the house, but also he was famous for being from here, from Utah. 
And oh, then, that's right. So it was kind of this big deal that Don Bluth was making movies to us anyway. It seemed like like local. But wait, celebrity. what was the actual dad's name on the show? Uh, that was George G- George Bluth Senior. Yeah. Oh uh, yes, because George Michael got right. it. Okay, got it. Right. Michael yep. and George. That show. I'm, I'm about due for a rewatch of those first three seasons. Seriously, let's all watch. Just that is a right that now. is a Go good watch comfort watch. <laughs> yeah, although it's a show that makes you so uncomfortable too. Yeah, it's pretty great <laughs> totally though. Right. Uh, well, all right, let's it. get to uh, this week's thing. So you brought something with you instead of us yeah. reading it. Okay. What do you got? So in essence, uh. It's kind of a compilation. I, I got an email, but then also I'm going to just morph it a little bit into what I hear from clients a lot and then kind of morph it with what the emailer said. Okay. And it, it's about um, existential dread and not in the sense of like, I think sometimes we, oh, we use that term to sort of think of, you know, I don't know, do I really want to do this job? And it, you know, I start to go down this road of like, what does it all mean? And I don't mean maybe more of that intellectual pursuit <laughs> in terms of existential dread and more the actual reality of you will cease to exist and that dread. Mm-hmm. So that's what it actually means. But I think we, you know, we always take terms and go nuts with them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so existential dread or the fear of dying or that type of thing. Okay. So I've had clients from lots of places around the world and they'll say the exact same thing. So it's fairly universal. Obviously I'm not talking to people in various languages, so I can't speak for that, but I can speak for the Swedes and I can speak for the English speakers, um, <laughs> which are both cultures, uh, Great Britain as well, cultures where talking about death, focusing on death, all of those things are, are not common um, as things industrialized and, processes, uh, medically speaking, sort of took over. We really cleaned up death, right? It no longer were, you know, the bodies of our loved ones lying in the parlor for people to come and grieve, you know. Mm. They swapped those out for living rooms where the living are. And, you know, you go into a hospital, you pass away, you, your body isn't will show up at the funeral for a hot hour and that's it, mm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't have that, that interaction. So I think a lot of uh, folks will have some of these questions and concerns. So before I go any further, I need to say a caveat. So when I'm talking about these things, and this is a trigger warning, if because suicidal thinking and wanting to end your life mm-hmm. and having you know a mental health crisis that might be going on for you, this is not the podcast for you today. Mm. So just turn it off. Okay. Um, and watch, listen to it later when you're feeling better, <clears throat> because we're going to talk about death. And sometimes that can be just enough and too triggering. And so there's your there's your warning. Um, though we're not going to talk about suicide stuff at all, um, we are going to talk about death. And one reason, so warning, pause, goodbye. Hello, everyone who wants to stay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just don't know how to officially do that. No, you're good. You did it. You nailed it. That's what <laughs> That's, you do. That's how your All brother right. does it. So it's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're back. <laughs> oh, you're back. Everybody. Yeah, hi, Welcome everybody. back. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So the idea is that every one of us is going to die. Right. Yep. And a, a variety of responses to that fact. So I'm going to do something quickly with you guys. Okay. Um, and, and, in essence, people's concerns and the email, all of those sort of center around, I'm so afraid of death mm. and I, I can't 
talk about it, if I think about it, I go down in a really dark place or whatever sort of happens to somebody um, in a culture that does not talk about death very much. In fact, we have a lot of, um, in fact, let me start with this question actually before I get to the other one. What are some of the rules about death in society that you guys are aware of? Rules? That you either experienced? Yeah, social rules we all follow. It's kind of cultural norms. Um, what are talking our about like practices? You, you pretty much always have to say, I'm so sorry for your loss. You mean that yes. sort of thing? Or, yes. yeah. And you okay. actually just did it. You lowered your voice. Ah. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone suddenly has I'm to talk so like a funeral director. I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't work. You're do right. That. Yeah, good point. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the I'm sorry for your loss. There condolences. That's a part of it, right? And yep. Uh, lowering our voice. So what mm-hmm. else do we got? Oh, geez. Uh, you have, is, is let me know if, is there any, is there anything I can do? Is there anything you need? Yeah. People yeah. say that right. a lot. Um, even though, solicitous. even yeah. though you never really do need, I mean, what are you going to say? Oh yeah. Could you take How, a guard? What's the will situation down? like? <laughs> yeah. Am I in it? Um, so Brian has pointed out a couple things. We do not talk about <laughs> money, wills, or like we don't yeah. talk about the, the, that's they're, crass. They're, right? right. They're, they're, they're property, their possessions, that sort of but thing. But are I'm, we not I'm very good at written life as a whole. I'm very good at representing the what not to do. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're doing great, Brian. Thanks. Keep going. So we do, we have some rules around that though. Everyone is thinking it or wondering in some capacity, right? So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a kind of a, it's not a very straightforward process. You got to like maybe go to a f- couple funerals as a kid to realize the rules or you've mm-hmm. got to be told how to talk about it or not talk about it. I think another one is to quickly with lightning speed, say something that's supposed to fix everything. Like, well, they're in a better place or, mm-hmm. Some oh, kind God. of yeah. At least he's not suffering, dwell. or yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. So at least he's not suffering. Yeah. We we jump to that, right? Mm-hmm. Which, in essence, it kind of is holistically shows this concept in our culture, which is we don't want to dwell on this at all. Yeah, is it to make ourselves feel better or make the person yes. we say it to feel better? Yes, yeah. both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both. Yes, and both. Yeah. But does it ever work? Only it makes you feel better. It doesn't make them feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. However, it is so natural for that to occur because again we don't have anything around death that is you know it's not like you have a class the art of dying in school you don't have the how to grieve with your fellow humans like we're just guessing and then we're also like you know modeled what however that has been before us right but Mm -hmm. really being afraid of death and or not talking about it or especially this thinking about your own death Okay, so here's my question. And sorry to be grim. This I gave everyone a warning. Get yeah, out of here. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to hear this. Get a chance. They had a, They had their chance. Yeah. It's the middle of summer. I feel like it was the safest week to do this. Is, yeah. is what I'm doing. <laughs> anyway, the, sun's, nice. sun, the sun is out. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. is this. So how often, if ever, do you two think about your own deaths? <laughs> how often? Uh if ever, like you're like, yeah, like uh, very rarely for me, maybe, um, maybe a thought enters my mind once a month, maybe. Is there a like, circumstance that usually picks that up? Um, 
the couple yeah right like uh, you know i'll be driving and have a near-death experience or or not even near-death experience but like a like a oh dodge that guy swerving into traffic kind of moment and say oh that could have that could have ended me but also um thinking about my grandmother's death and all the time that we spent um having to kind of resolve her or clean her her house and get it ready to sell mm-hmm. and stuff and and not wanting to burden my own family with this uh uh curiosity shop collection of a basement <laughs> that I have down here and you know what I can what I can do about that. Okay. So yeah that's that's when it comes up for me is thinking about uh thinking so about some those. way you don't wanna harm your loved ones right. um <laughs> yes. because of a mess or something. But right. not the actual death itself, like how will I die? Oh no! When, no, I okay, figure no. I figure when it happens, it happens, and there, you know, a final destination. There ain't a damn thing I can do about it. Okay, all right. So you kind of, <laughs> I love it. All right. <laughs> How about you, uh, Scott? Uh, depends on what what time in my life you ask me this question. If you'd asked me this ten, fifteen years ago, I think the answer would have been different. But today, yeah. I don't really think about it. Occasionally, I'll think about how crazy. I think a lot about how crazy time is. You know, where I was just noticing that George Michael died at our age, me and Brian's age. It just seems crazy to me that he wasn't that much older than us. It's like mm-hmm. ten years our senior or something. The um, famous people dying is your real is a click. Oh yeah, yeah. like oh, he'll yeah. watch a movie and and immediately uh, have a mental checklist in his head as as to who's dead, which who of the it? main yeah. actors are. are yeah, dead. and all and Wendy, this I don't know if I've ever told you this. That people listening have heard me do this, but I'll watch like you know Casablanca or some old movie. Yeah. And realize that everybody there in that scene, including the guy holding the camera and the one directing it and everyone talking and everyone dancing and everyone who's an extra, all dead. Every single one of them gone. That whole room is empty now. I do that all the time. But it isn't like yeah. a weird, uh, it's not like a thing where I'm like, oh, death, I'm scared of death. Like, I'm actually not. I'm, I'm, I'm with Brian on the whole. I don't want to leave any messes. Uh, I got a little okay. PTSD from dad letting his uh, life insurance lapse right before he passed away. Yeah. And what that ended up doing to mom. So I was just like, I don't want to, I definitely don't want to do that. So let's you know, check that one off. We're going to make sure we're all covered there. Um, but also I don't want it to be embarrassing for anyone. I don't want it to be. You don't want to die on the toilet with your pants down. No, I don't want, I don't even worse than that. I don't want it to be in public. I don't want to be somewhere with uh, my kids or grandchildren and, and have it happen in some awful public way. Like that. I think about that sometimes, but I don't think about, like sometimes actually comforting for me to go um, if I'm feeling like super stressed about something coming up or something that's going on. Sometimes the best way for me to deal with it is go. And again, this may trigger someone so get out of here, but sometimes it's good for me to say, I've done pretty good. I've got a life I'm really proud of. I have a family I love and they love me and, and I've done all I can do in that regard. So if I die tonight, what's the big deal? And it actually calms me down. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't, the the stakes aren't as high as I think they are because I've already done, you know, you can worry so much about, well, what haven't I done? And it's hard for your brain to sometimes stop and go, well, instead of looking at what what you haven't accomplished or done, maybe look at what you have done. And when I do that, that I'll, that'll help me go to sleep on nights where I just like I'm up, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad you said that because you described two versions of thinking about death. You, You described the anxious version. And the, the, the one that creates the dread or the unknowns or the, uh, I got a million things I got to do so I don't harm my loved ones. You know, like you, mm-hmm. it's, it's a stressful 
potential thing. Um, you may have grown up in a setting that was like, well, hell is on the other side of this. And so you really don't want to die or, you know, like, or it could be nothingness is what you think is out there. And that is terrifying to you. Some people find both of those calming. Some people think hell's calming. I don't know why. Um, but this idea of like, you know, the anxious version of this. And then there is what you just described. And this is my answer um, to this email and to those who have really struggled with worrying about worrying about death because they get stuck in the anxious part of it. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of us who walk around la di da and don't think about it at all, it is actually connected to our happiness and our well-being. And you just you just explained why, right? Mm-hmm. So you went from stressed out, I got a million things to do to I'm gonna think about my legacy a little bit. I'm gonna think about none of this actually matters. And it soothes you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you some evidence of this real quick. So first I'll give you the American evidence because we're hilarious. <laughs> then I'm going to give you a really small developing country's evidence right. because it is yeah. not, it's so cool and not hilarious. Okay. So in 2007, there was a study in um, university of Kentucky and these researchers looked at two groups and did this thing where they basically told them to think about a painful visit to the dentist. And then the other group they told them to think about their own death, to contemplate their own death. Mm-hmm. And then both of them were just asked to fill out some words. I mean, they, there's been many other studies, but this is kind of a good example of one. Uh, and so say, for example, the STEM word was J-O. Real quick, who, <laughs> which group do you think ended the word with joke? And which group do you think ended the word with joy? Oh, I was thinking job, too, would be another. Or job, uh, yeah. yeah. Job or john or what were the two groups again ones who one thought about death the dentist a painful visit to the dentist and the other one was to contemplate their own death i'm sure i'm sure uh job and uh uh well joke and joy were the two the two yeah yeah uh could be job could be i mean joy was the main one that is one of the groups the other one was a variety of words i guess joy i'd connect i guess i'd connect it with the the uh, contemplating their own death over the painful visit to the dentist. Yes. I would too. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. So what they found is that kind of the idea here is that death is psychologically, it's a thi- psychologically threatening fact. It's a fact as opposed mm-hmm. to a what if it's, it's not, it is a fact for every one of us. Right. And then when people contemplate it, their brain does a kind of interesting thing. It does an automatic search for happy thoughts or, or, sort of soothing thoughts. And so they found it with words. So you can do a lot of studies like this where you prime someone in a certain way and then you can see what their brain concludes. So in this case, they were filling in words to, that were peace and joyful and like actual happy thoughts and words after thinking about their own death. Like that doesn't make sense theoretically, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what? Yeah. But the reality is certain versions of thinking about your death actually lead your brain to make you happier. Okay. So here's, that's the American evidence of this, but here's the cool one. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bhutan, the country. 
Bhutanese oh, yeah. passport. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm familiar with Bhutan is because of Yeah, we, it's Bhutanese a long story, passport. Wendy, but we got this old sound clip of how you're supposed to say Bhutanese passport. And I'd like to just play it real quick. Yeah, um, if you have it. Yeah, it's great. Um, this is up on the Wikipedia page, or it was anyway. It was, yeah. Somebody uh, pulled it. This was, this was like a, a assistive technology thing that would read. People could upload a recording of the reading the Wikipedia page to help those who you know sightless uh, yeah. individuals yeah like people yes. who are blind or whatever so here's here's yeah. what that used to be here you go Bhutanese passport it's super annoying <laughs> but that awesome. that there therein lies our extensive knowledge that's, of Bhutan that's how that's how we that know Bhutan yeah okay yes, great that's it. Yeah. so a long time ago I mean they're one of you know like 300 something on the development scale of countries right so it's mm. a very poor developing country <clears throat> but they made a decision not so long ago to instead of measure gross domestic product their GDP, mm. they measure their gross national happiness, the GNH index. And mm. they have all these native Bhutanese who studied in Oxford and all these places around the world who run their basically department of happiness. And they do a lot of research and cool stuff and keeping it that way. And they are in the happiest. So, you know, we have Finland Finland, they're all happy because they have healthcare and uh, they live by water and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Like lots of fjords. Of, yeah, lots fjords. Of fjords. It's part of just where they live. That's that's <laughs> a piece of that, and just being safe and taken care of, and sure. you know some of those good things, right? Um, but this is a country that does not have any of those same things. Um, but they really emphasize happiness and of the average person and what they need to do for that, right? It's pretty incredible, right? So because I think we. We have a tendency to think, well, comfort is what will make us happy. When actually that isn't true at all. In fact, it mm-hmm. makes us sick sometimes, uh, which could be a whole other episode. But this idea of um, happiness, and this is one of the reasons. So as they're a Buddhist nation, and part of that tradition and the way that is practiced and, and sort of lived is there is an extensive, um, you know, extensive times where the citizens there are faced with death. It's expressed in their language, iconography. They have really like 21 day mourning rituals. Um, They take the ashes of their loved ones and mix it with, you know, other stuff. And it's in their iconography and their decorations. And like, it's just surrounding them. Then they also have this is they um, basically do what for most of us might feel unthinkable is they are guided or, or, taught to think about death five times a day mm. oh wow okay. yeah like a lot to think about it with um, guidelines i assume or just think about it in general or what, what yeah, do you tell them well, contemplate their own or contemplate their, their own it's mainly that uh-huh. it's not like other uh-huh. people's death you go to the, the bootanese blockbuster by the way has a section called uh, everybody <laughs> in these movies is dead yeah most of the people in these movies is, are, are dying mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. right Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Time to move over the Maltese Falcon. (laughs) The other thing we do, I forgot, Brian, that made me think about it, is we don't just directly say dead, right? Think of all the words we use that are euphemisms. Oh, yeah, deceased, passed away, moved on. Gone to sleep, which is don't use those words with kids, by the way. Went to live up on a farm upstate. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That's they'll never go upstate. Anyway, um, okay, so so that is part of this their happiness stuff, and so they can sort of measure that, and they pay attention to that, and you have 
some interesting outcomes from when we study that. So obviously we've studied that in other places um, and tying two things like an old episode we did about um, psilocybin and ketamine and psychedelics. Some of the most amazing research there with people facing death because they are terminally ill, having severe anxiety, all sorts of problems um, mentally as they are preparing for their own death. And the psilocybin trips or, you know, the, the medication they give them and the work they do with them, it's almost like a hundred percent recovery rate from fear of death. They are at peace. They have, you know, it, it gives their brain a different experience. And that's after a lifetime of, we don't even say the word death, right? Versus mm -hmm. other cultures where it's much more a part of things. Okay. So there is protocol here. Again, get out if this is at all triggering to you. Yeah. Uh, see, this is why we do around. it too, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's scary. Yeah. We think, oh no, I'm going to cause someone to want to take their life, which is also a myth. Right. But also feels like a form of um, like they're doing some sort of immersion therapy, right? By, yeah. by constantly thinking about it, they're yes. basically just, they're, they're D uh, taking the trauma aspects out of it and yeah. treating it like some other thing, like a natural. Yes. Yeah. And the familiarity really reduces its power to be scary. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for example, if we take, what is your, and you don't have to go into this, but we took your experience with your grandmother's death her actual mm -hmm. dying, saying goodbye, mm -hmm. all of those things. If, if that was maybe not so awesome. And then you had to go clean out her basement. Yeah. That, that can just feel like a dread or a thing of like, I can't do this to someone else. And maybe mm -hmm. you didn't get any of the moving experience with the actual dying, which is common, mm -hmm. right? Cause we kind of send people to, you know, buildings where a bunch of old people are dying at the same time. Right. Yes. We don't have yeah. a lot of it integrated death. Um, and, and she, you know, she was, uh, in hospice for a really long time and it actually mm -hmm. took going through her house and then like, Oh my God, I remember, you know, this yeah. is a kid from when I'd come and visit, or this is something that she used to make that meal that we always liked. And it was, that was the point at which we at least for me, at which I was like, Oh wow, she's gone. And this is, you right. know, this is never going to happen again. So Brian, keep More all so your than, miniatures because someone's yeah, going to want exactly. to you. <laughs> Enjoy it, Tristan. Ha! <laughs> There's one million miniatures. Okay, yes, exactly. So I'm going to go have through to a finish couple... painting them too. <laughs> oh, Sorry, that, that's the thing. Leave your open projects for people. Okay. Yes, so I'm going right. to give you five <laughs> things to do okay. about death. Okay. So just understand this first. Imagine if you were immortal, you'd live for eternity all the time in the world. Would you feel, what would you feel desired to do? Experience, try. And knowing there really is always tomorrow, mm -hmm. you might feel the same, you know, or I don't know, you might just do things or not do things. I don't know. But when we know our time is finite, we actually get motivated. Mm -hmm. So death as a concept, when you can come to some peace and familiarity with it, can act like a motivator to do the actual job you want to do or quit this terrible job you don't want to do. Like it has that impact, right? So imagine you've, you've been given a diagnosis and you've got six weeks to live. What do you drop? Literally most of the things you're doing yeah. right now. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So it tell it, it, but why does it take scaring you to death to get you to motivate you to live your life? And part of that is you don't ever think about this. And so the idea is that it's a therapeutic intervention that you have to be very careful with. But this idea of, Hey, what if you thought about it on a regular basis? What would happen? Um, 
Okay. Another one is it, like Scott was saying, basically it reminds him not to sweat the small stuff, even if it was big stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have a fight with your partner or you have love handles or you have a cracked iPhone screen. Those things will mean nothing if you are able to move a perspective on your mortality. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is one of the other benefits. Another one is it helps us appreciate the present and be mindful. We talk about this all the time and mindfulness and therapy. It's like, can you be in the moment living your actual life? And that is a buffer to all sorts of mental pain and dysfunction. It's hard to do because we are built to look forward and backwards in order to not make mistakes, in order to get our next meal. And so to get us in the moment of savoring or slowing down or being, you know, in whatever you are feeling, we struggle. And our use of technology is the absolute opposite of this, right? Which is like, get me out immediately from my reality mm-hmm. and yeah. put me in black mirror mm-hmm. <laughs> or wherever, mm-hmm. which I think is a painful reality. I don't know why everyone wants to keep watching. Like that. But, <laughs> so that idea of like escapism can really just keep you out of it. But if you were told you had two months to live or tomorrow is it, I promise you're not going to be on TikTok. Yeah. Right. 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 Oh, hundred percent. You're not going to be, be on TikTok. Furious. Yeah. If yeah. someone's like, no, Hey, I mean, I had a client the other day. We, we went through her usage and she's on TikTok on average 10 hours a day. Jeez. And this is a 20 year old in college with a full-time job. Holy crap. Wow. How are her grades? Grades <laughs> are, I'm, but you're having panic attacks in the shower, right? Like there are yeah, absolute yeah. consequences to a young brain being it sounds like she's watching watching TikTok in the shower too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, honestly, must be or something, <laughs> right? Because be. <laughs> it's being used as a drug, right? So we're working yeah. on it. We're going to get there. But yeah. that idea of escaping my reality has a consequence on our brains, mm-hmm. and so thinking about death is one way to get us back into into the moment. Okay, so number four, thinking about death helps us negotiate our death anxiety and be prepared to leave this planet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when you know if whether you believe in afterlife or nothing at all or reincarnation or you have no idea if you let those thoughts enter your awareness, you're going to have some anxiety probably. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you notice thinking about those beliefs and you'll actually become calmer and be kinder to yourself. And some of those thoughts will come and go. It's weird. Now, maybe don't do this on your own. If, you know, have a group of friends where you call each other and talk about death. Mm -hmm. Um, Because (laughs) it may feel feel really freaky, right? (laughs) I think we have sort of peripheral brushes with thinking about death. And sometimes that's just watching death online or watching, you know, it's kind of crazy, right? Like we can't talk about or think about death, but we can watch like a hundred people murdered in front of us in a video game or something, right? Like that disconnect is because it's, it's not the same thing. It's, it's an escape into a different brain state. So this is a very different thing. So be gentle. Okay. And then the last thing is, and this kind of goes to what you were saying, Scott, a little bit about, or you both a little bit about your legacy. So it allows us to remember what's important and live intentionally. Right. But then also gives us a motivation to, to leave a legacy. And that can be a really motivating, powerful thing to think of, you know, what am I doing? Does it matter? Um, what am I leaving my children or not? Um, right. Your grandma probably thought, well, 
someday they're going to want to see this weird cookie dish that I always mm-hmm. gave them with their mm-hmm. cookies. So I'll keep it. Or they just grew up during the Great Depression and they get rid of nothing. And they, so, they get, she, that, that was more it. That she uh, yeah. came from an uh, immigrant from uh, Hungary and was told, never give up anything. Never throw anything away. As a yeah. matter of fact, and buy more of them if you see them at a garage sale. If you see them, yeah, <laughs> totally, 100%. And so yeah. your children and you know anyone who follows after you will have their own version of, you guys made me are hoarding, hoarding figurines, but um, <laughs> there's some version of like honoring you and your life that will come. And then eventually everyone who remembers you will also die, right? Like this, it can sound really depressing, but here's the thing. And I'm going to walk you through a way to do this. Um, is if you're feeling courageous, make some space for thinking about death. Okay. Mm-hmm. Notice what comes up. It's very natural if it's anxiety. That's okay. Trust that that reaction is coming because you value your life and you desire to continue living. Like that is the right response that a part of you is like, oh, no, no, we're doing good. We want to keep going, right? Like that mm-hmm. is, that's a good response. The right. problem is we always stop there. And run from that. So here's the, the, the next step. And this is really important. Is you invite that anxiety or that disquiet you may feel. And just allow it to be there. Like allow it to sort of sit for a minute. Maybe you feel a little worried. See if it can kind of you work through it. As opposed to run I from know. it as soon as you mm-hmm. notice it. Right? Mm-hmm. And then as you do that, notice how it lessens as you think about death more. So this is that whole lean in concept, right? Mm. And if you can approach this with compassion, remind yourself it's a part of life. And we're all so fortunate to experience life. And, you know, just lean in, think a little more about it. Watch what happens to that anxiety. Now, if you have a therapist, do this with your therapist. The therapist might be like, what are you listening to? This is crazy. <laughs> and it's because most of us are pretty freaked out, even the experts, right? Because every one of us will die. Um, yeah, it's the other built, day, a it's built into everyone, like, right? Everyone's got it in their just core humanness yeah. to fear it. Death and taxes. There's, yeah, you're, you're, right, exactly. But there is a payoff to this. I, I want there to be a payoff to taxes. But the payoff to this <laughs> is that you can actually have a more meaningful, mindful life. So I don't think we'll be like the Bhutanese where five days times a day we're looking at it, right? Yeah. But man, are they free from that burden of being terrified and living unintentionally because we don't want to think or feel something, right? Mm -hmm. They lean into it. And so maybe this is is a ridiculous topic. You can tell I'm, I'm... hedging on was this a good idea not, not at all it's definitely a good idea i think it's it's fascinating especially the cultures that 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 focus on death and de-anxietyize them i'm going to invent a word right there mm-hmm. yeah, I like um, it. yeah but uh and it's also it's also made me adjust my will and now i'm sending wendy a box of miniatures unpainted <laughs> miniatures if i if something were to happen to me i will I, absolutely I, paint them and then <laughs> that is to say you will, where you, want. you will have right, Peter perfect. paint them. Probably Peter would love that. He would be into it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so, yeah. so really there's just, and there there's funny enough, there's some apps that remind you to think about your death. Um, that are sort of <laughs> besides TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But are in therapeutic, healthy versions of yeah. that, co- that concept. Right. Right. Um, uh-huh. I know I just real quick one, one thing that happened with mom 
not about a couple years ago, I guess. I read um, the book by Atul Gawambi. I forget the name of it, but it's like on, on death and, and dying, basically. Mm. And it was like, talk to your loved ones about their wishes and find out what they care about, what they think and what they, you know, they want all these heroic messages, mess, measures and just suffer or what do they want? And so I called mom and I was like, let's talk about your death. And we did for like two hours. And you know what she said? She's mm. like, I cannot tell you the relief that this is to have someone willing to talk about this with me mm-hmm. because no one will let me. Yeah. It feels like taboo. Not even John. 85. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then this just happened this week. A good friend of mine, her husband's 90. She's 78. She's spry and young and awesome. And we've been friends for a while. And her husband had a couple falls. He's now in the hospital ready to go to a care facility. And I said, do you know what his wishes are? She has no idea. Mm-hmm. And I watch her as this transition is happening. She's not prepared in any way. He's 90. And I think it's because when we, when you're young, you think by 90, ah, oh, yeah, we'll have covered all this. No, yeah. you're still you. Right. And so I think a lot of sadness and a lot of pain can come from our fear of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that book is awesome. I should really have looked it up so I could tell you what it is, but it is just a helpful <laughs> way to get you started being mortal. That's what it's called. Okay. And it's, his, his own father goes through, um, the end of his life while he's writing this book. It's really, it's really cool and well done. And we'll get you thinking about questions you haven't thought about. So maybe that's a nice baby step for some of you. For others, you're just like, no, thanks. Bye. And that's okay. Um, others are like, I'm moving to Bhutan. I, I'm doing it. <laughs> you and you have, need a passport. So yeah, you got the Bhutanese yeah. passport. We know how we to know get you that. Exactly where to, how to ask for one. Yep. You yes. got to do it in that tone of voice, too, or you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is interesting. You know, I kind of didn't do the, the the this trick I use now where I just can't sleep or whatever the thing is where it's just like so much going on and I just I'm like, oh, I cannot clear my head. And using this as a way to do that. It's like, hey, if I died tonight, would it matter? Kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And it works. I didn't know that was like a healthy thing to do. I just figured mm-hmm. it was just a it was just a trick that worked yeah, and I didn't really think yeah. about it. So this is this is sort of enlightening for me to hear that. Um yeah. oh, and yeah. you know the other thing that helped yeah. a lot is I had a I had a moment once where I can't remember what we were doing. We maybe even were talking about, oh, I don't know. I know what it was. It was really depressing, but we were just talking about Kim's sister who's going through more chemo and her, her cancer's not slowing down. It's this awful thing that everyone's dealing with. So there's a lot of death discussion around that. And to get out of the funk that was that, that whole discussion, I decided to go and make sure that all my passwords were in a place where Kim could easily access everything in case something happened. And she went and made sure that all the bank stuff she handles and any of those same sorts of things were all in a place I could access. Like we just had these two like proactive moments of, I don't want to leave her not knowing how to get in touch with all this stuff I've got going. And it's a lot is a ton. So I consolidated everything into one password manager, made sure she had direct access to it, easy access to it that, you know, all the things she would need to do it. So there's no question about where she had to go and get and do if that came to that. And she did the same thing on the bank front. And it was just like this nice feeling of, well, that's one less thing, you know, to worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it motivates some different things. And that can include just some emotional things, right? There's right. a planning aspect to that. Right. But there's, yeah. there's also this emotional thing. Um, the other thing is. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, so take, for example, when you walk by a graveyard or you walk through a graveyard, I whistle. What happens? Because I mean, you're supposed to. You're supposed to whistle? Is that the deal? Yeah, you're supposed to whistle past the graveyard yeah, okay. as you walk past the graveyard. Okay. See, that is a great example of our fear of death. <laughs> Superstitious, right? Yeah, I really don't, but I know that that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> right. Right. It is an unconscious reminder that that's your option pretty soon, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would it look like to just take a second and read a name and think about the person and think about how death is inevitable? And like, what does that do? Does that, you know, you could just test this. And again, let me reiterate, this is not for people who are actively wanting to end their lives. This is for people who are just plugging along, living, avoiding this topic and could really benefit from maybe a perspective shift. Cause that's in the end what it will do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to end with this thing. Cause then I got to, yeah, gotta you have a thing, fail. right? But yeah. basically, um, we have, Oh shoot. Where did it go? Um, just this idea that the people have regrets when yeah. they're dying. Sure. Um, and here they are. Ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. That's number one. Okay. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Number three, I'd wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And number five, I wish I had let myself be happier. Huh. So notice none of those are about painting miniatures. <laughs> no, none of those. I mean, that might be, I wish I let myself be happier. I don't know. Actually, I think it would. Yeah. Cause I do. I find myself to be very happy, happy and Zen when I'm painting miniatures. Yeah, yeah, def- exactly. I you know what I definitely didn't see there. Yourself. What I definitely didn't hear in there was I'm sad. I didn't make my first million by 30. I'm sad. I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't uh, give another, do another hour of work every day. Yeah. yeah. Or have more cars than the other millionaire. I'm glad that I missed all my kids activities. Right. I'm glad yeah. that I, drop these friendships from my youth or whatever. Right. right like it's right. the regrets are always, and that, that first one's a big one. The courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I think sometimes when, I mean, for me, my thoughts of death are always when I get on an airplane, I have one, one minute where I sit there and I think, all right, I'm going to die next to Jim and this random dude, you know, like I just mm-hmm. kind of look around and I have this moment where, cause you know, it could, it could be it. And mm-hmm. it, I have found as time has gone on and I've, the more I fly, actually I've flown more this year probably than I ever have. Um, I, I have more peace as I do it. And I, that's kind of one of the things I was thinking about. It was like, Oh, isn't that fascinating before it was like, shoot, who do I need to tell I love or some kind of, ah, yeah. versus, um, you know, just the effect that this has is just maybe more of a grounding effect. Right. Yeah. So maybe stop avoiding the the cemetery on your way to work. Yeah. Maybe take a minute, have a conversation with someone who's older about this. I think you'd be surprised how much they would crave it being safe to talk about this thing that's closer to them than it than it you know it could be any of us any day. But um, yeah, see see if you can, and that's really the goal here is you start to. Re- minimize these regrets of the dying we have their words we know and it's it's universal yeah um i'll say this um i don't as much as i don't fear fear death uh maybe more you know as much as i maybe did when i was younger the things i fear more are like if i get alzheimer's 
what kind of weird mm. shit's going to come out of my mouth on that bed? What yeah. am I going to say? Yeah. <laughs> that falls under the, I don't want to die embarrassingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just yeah. don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. So we, I feel like kind I kind of already know because it's that, uh, you know, the, the, the colonoscopy guy on Twitter live. Yeah. Kind of who, yeah. Like if you're not in your straight, you know, I just don't know if I'm just going to be, I think I'm going to be loud is the other thing. So what I really want someone to do, I want to like do some kind of preeminent thing where make Kim sign a thing that says, if Scott gets full on dementia, uh, pillow over the face, yeah, something, strap me down, put a tape on my mouth or something. Cause I just know it's going to be the most embarrassing stuff. It's just going to suck. See, that scares me way more than death. Way more. Like take me now instead of having me sitting there yelling stuff for my subconscious. I'm potato head, freaking frying pan, frying pan. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to yell something. It's uh, less the, you know, it's kind of that same thing, but that if I do have a fear of death, I mean, it's it's actually less of a fear of death and more of a fear of Alzheimer's and not remembering people and the hurt that that causes them because I watched Tina go through that with her grandmother. It's like, yeah, I just, I don't want to go. That's the thing I don't want to put people through. Yeah. Let them clean up my miniatures. Miniatures, that's totally fine. But, yeah. uh, I don't want them to think that I don't have a a spot for them in my head when I get to that. I also that don't want to collapse in the mall and take a dump while I do it. I don't oh want my that. Gosh. Sure. Okay, sure. I'm just saying. Uh, we're going to end now. Uh, I did that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect place to end it. Wendy, have a fantastic time. I know you got a thing you're rushing off to. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with more insightful conversation with Wendy. We'll see you then. Okay. Yeah. Bye. She had, a, she has a client. Hopefully they're not late. <laughs> I know. Poor, poor Wendy's trying to get out of here and we're like, you know, so, ah, how about if, another bit? Ah. That's right. What if I died and pooped? Yeah. yeah. Ah. All right. Uh, that'll do it for today's show. Big thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. And uh, we'll uh, we'll be back at this next week. Of course, we have a play date tomorrow. You're all invited. Uh, we may have player uh, uh, priority going to, yeah. to patrons. But... Other than that, some people can still sneak in. You can certainly watch it. We're going to do the whole thing live at frogpants.tv tomorrow at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, so come hang out and be a part of the live stream if you would like to. We're going to play Among yeah. Us, which we haven't Among done in us. a bit. Among Us. I'm going to send a message over to Tally and say, hey, we miss you in Among Us. Come play. Oh, join us. Join us for Among Us. Yeah, Except good. she's so good. She always wins, and she knows exactly the right timber to ask questions with so that we accidentally give information away she's she's too good she's a smack talker too so that's all fun she is yeah she's anyway come back come around for that everybody we'd love to have you and uh a reminder that tonight is core uh we'll be doing that at 5 p.m mountain time i'm i'm well i have stuff to say about final fantasy 16 people may not like it i've got i've got oh really because the uh, my first impression of that game incredible yeah the as i went on first half of that game that's eh, still pretty good, but they're getting a little weird. Some of this is a little weird. Okay. And then now right. I feel like I'm stuck in this anime hellhole. Oh, no. Okay. And, oh, God. Yeah, I hate that. And it's a little frustrating. So uh, look for some really um, uh, energetic talk between John and I, because John loves that crap. And uh, he and nice. I will probably have it out. Anyway, that'll be tonight, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, uh, Coverville today, 1, 1 p.m. today. Yep, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, twitch.tv slash Coverville. I still haven't switched over to doing that. I don't think I could do that on YouTube because of the music because I can't I can't even make the old uh, VODs uh, available to stream on Twitch. So it's basically like you watch it live or you listen to the podcast. Those are the things I can legally do. Yeah, and I think the um, YouTube Live actually does algorithmic uh, song checking in real fly. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let so, him do it. Let him bring it Even up. though Brian's but, got all the rights, he pays for the rights for this shit every year. 
comes out of my my bottom line is what it does. Uh, also, I guess the connection tomorrow morning uh, will announce the winner of last week's guess the connection and uh, give away some new prizes. And I don't know what they'll be, but they've been good stuff. Like this Beast Wars uh, action figure. Oh, it was a really cool loot crate Beast Wars action figure I gave away last week. It's nice, some great stuff. So be here for that 9 a.m. at uh, Mountain Time Twitch TV slash Coverville, and then. Right after that, into some among us. What was the uh, maximal that you gave away last week? What was the? Uh, uh, I can show you. Just curious because I love them beast wars. You know, yeah, big fan. Is, uh, see, is, we got. Look at the size of this this thing. This is no. This is no small deal. Mm-mm. This is the Megatron. Does it just say Mega? Oh, right. That's right. He was kind of a weird, not animal thing in that. Yeah, like a bug. Yeah, bug dinosaur handed thing. They were weird. Deal. the 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 Decepticon version of the Maximal or whatever. Is it this this whatever? They weren't as cool as the Maximals. If I know any of this shit, Scott, the I Maximals were cool because they were like gorillas and cheetahs and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I love that stuff. Uh, yeah, so watch so for all of that. Win something cool like that. Yeah. Why not? Also, film sack this weekend. Brand new movie. We're doing. Uh, Thunderball. Thunderball. That's right. The one I've never Just. seen. The one single. Well, up till we watched uh, Doctor No, I hadn't seen that yet either. But yeah, really. So this is the only Bond movie you hadn't seen. Nope, this is it. So did you? You saw Never Say Never Again, though, right? The non-canon. I have. Sean I have seen that. And when I saw it, I thought I remember it being weird even then. Yeah, Something I mean was, that's a remake of this, basically, and a poor one at that. Yeah, it's a real bummer they even did that. It is, um, you know, broccoli. Yeah, <laughs> you know broccoli. Yeah, you know that broccoli feller. Anyway, uh, so that's uh, this weekend. Lots of fun stuff. If you would like to help this show continue to be on the air and coming to you on the daily, check out Patreon.com/slash/TMS. You'll never get commercials. You'll get pre-show content every day. Couch parties like we're doing tomorrow, or I guess that's a play date. Art in the mail. Other great monthly benefits that only come to you by being a member. And um, uh, we'll let you know about the Monday Tuesday thing uh, sometime this weekend. You'll you'll get word on that. I, I, I figured we were taking off the fourth, but I, I wasn't. I didn't know how that Monday thing works, so we'll figure it out. Uh, that is gonna do it, I think. Brian, you got anything else? We covered all. I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. cover one more thing. <laughs> oh, this is great because this is uh, a brand new and uh, b um, a really cool cover that uh, there was recommended a bunch of people actually hit me up about this, but Leslie uh, Lowe's mom, mm. uh, who I just had the pleasure of hanging out with here in, in Boulder and in Denver uh, for quite a while. She got to see the studio. Not a lot of people who visit, not a lot of people, not a lot of people get to visit the studio. It's just, you know, got to keep it up. Got to be, keep it private. Thank you very much. <laughs> got to keep it. Private. A lot of people really want to see it. And it's, uh, uh, it's private. It's private. I've declassified it. And, uh, I feel like you're doing this long enough just to see Jeannie's reaction in the chat. I, I do it long enough for the Rainbow. I think Rainbow Bright left during the uh, death talk. So oh, there it is. Ah, there it is. Says, there it is. Yes. Yep. She gave us a full Kathy. Jeannie channeling her Kathy yep. cart, uh, comic strip. Yep. I could just see the sweat lines coming after. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is uh, we didn't start. <laughs> a lot of people thought we start the fire. We didn't start the fire. Started by. <laughs> Yeah, it was always burning since the world's been turning, but yeah. we didn't start the fire. I like that you've added uh, that right. to your repertoire, by the way. The uh, part that yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the that is the thing that sells it. Yeah. Uh, you got to add that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Leslie said, uh, in honor of seeing them in concert on Sunday, July second, I'm requesting this amazing. 
brand new cover of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire by Fallout Boy. It's a cover, yes, but also completely new since it covers newsworthy items from 1989 to 2023. This is really cool. So basically they said, ah, uh, um, Billy Joel's song ends with everything, all the things that uh, happened up to 1989. We're going to take it now for the next, uh, what, 35 years or 34 years or whatever. Um it's a really cool concept. Uh, on Wednesday, 628, I received an email from the band with a link to the song. It also included the message, uh, quote, I thought about this song a lot when I was younger, all these important people and events, some that disappeared into the sands of time, other that changed the world forever. So much has happened in the span of the last 34 years. We all felt like a little system update might be fun. Hope you like our take on it. Mm. Uh, I do like the take on this, and this is, I think, a really, really cool concept and i i think somebody needs to uh there's some band out there some burgeoning kid in his bedroom out there who in uh 30 years is going to update it for the next uh 25 year span so it's it's uh it's good anyway here it is we didn't start the fire by fallout boy fantastic we'll be back monday like we said with new shows and all this other stuff on the weekend so you got plenty to listen to and hear and watch and stuff all right so don't go home hungry or something like that. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Get more at frogpants.com. Honk. Oh, Oh, we love that guy. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.